Welcome to the Fort Lauderdale Primary Purpose Big Book Study Group's Thursday Night Alcoholics and God Speaker Step Series. Uh, let's have Joseph come up and do our joke. Safety is important. How you doing? I am Joseph, and I am your alcoholic joke teller for the evening. <laughs> All right. So, a $5 bill walks into a bar, and the bartender says, Hey, this is a singles bar. Awesome. (laughs) Thanks for joining us tonight. In a minute, we're going to start our two-minute meditation, so please take a moment to get situated. Uh, Please turn off all devices that will distract you, and uh, take this time to get connected to God. Let the craziness of the day drift away, and ask God to help you stay focused on the step study tonight. Uh, So if everybody's ready, we're going to start the meditation. Thank you. 
we're going to go ahead and do the fog light prayer. Um, if you don't know, just follow along. God, let your love shine through me like a fog light so those who are lost, sick, and dying can find your love through me. Amen. Uh, there is a solution from the big book, page 17. The tremendous fact for every one of us is that we have discovered a common solution. We have a way out on which we can absolutely agree and upon which we can join in brotherly and harmonious action. This is the great news that this book carries to those who suffer from alcoholism. I've asked Megan to read Appendix 2, Spiritual Experience. We read this because the main purpose of the 12 steps is to have one, so it's kind of important to know what one is. Uh, so let's have Megan come up. Um, hi, I'm Megan, a recovered alcoholic. Spiritual experience. The terms spiritual experience and spiritual awakening are used many times in this book, which, upon careful reading, shows that the personality change sufficient to bring about a recovery from alcoholism has manifested itself among us in many different forms. Yet it is true that our first printing gave, gave many of readers the impression that these personality changes or religious experiences must be in the nature of sudden and spectacular upheavals. Happily for everyone, this conclusion is, is erroneous. In the first few chapters, a number of sudden uh, revolutionary changes are described. Though it was not our intention to create such an impression, many alcoholics have uh, nevertheless concluded that in, in order to recover, they must acquire an immediate and overwhelming God consciousness, followed at once by a vast change in feeling and outlook. Among, among our uh, rapidly growing uh, membership of thousands of alcoholics, such transformations, though frequent, are by no means the rule. Most of our experiences are what the psychologist William James calls the educational variety because they develop slowly over a period of time. Quite often, friends of the newcomer are aware of the difference long before he is himself. He finally realizes that, that he has undergone a profound alteration in his reaction to life, that such a change could hardly have been brought about by himself alone. What often takes place in a few months could seldom have been accomplished by years of self-discipline. With few exceptions, our members find that they have tapped an unsuspected inner resource, which they presently identify with their own conception of a power greater than themselves. Most of us think this awareness of a power greater than ourselves is the essence of spiritual experience. Our more religious members call it God consciousness. Um, uh, most emphatically, uh, we wish to say that any alcoholic capable of honestly facing his problems in the light of our experience can uh, recover, provided he does not close his mind to all spiritual concepts. He can only be defeated by an attitude of intolerance or belligerent denial. We find that uh, no one uh, need to have difficulty with the spirituality of the program. Willingness, honesty, and open-mindedness um, Open-mindedness are the essentials of uh, recovery, but these are indispensable. There is a principle which is a bar against all information, which is proof against all arguments, and which cannot fail to keep a man in everlasting ignorance. That principle is contempt prior to investigation. Herbert Spencer. All right. Um, please refrain from disturbing others by talking or constantly getting up and sitting back down. Um, this, this is a tech meeting, so um, don't turn off your phone. Um, turn off the TV, though. Turn off the games. You know, just try and be focused on the meeting. Um, so we have Doc with us tonight doing his eighth session. Um, it's been amazing uh, 
to, you know, just get some information on the traditions. I've definitely learned a lot over the past eight weeks, seven weeks. Um, so I'm really looking forward to what he has to say tonight. So let's welcome Doc. Thank you. Thanks, 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 Doc Alcoholic. I thank God they wrote it down. And I spoke last night about that, about uh, oral tradition and how sometimes in oral tradition, I'm going to try to sit tonight, see if that'll calm me down, quiet me a little bit, right? Because I get standing here and then I start pounding the podium, right? Am I still in frame, as we say? Good? All right, we'll try that. Maybe that'll help keep my demeanor even because this is a wild one tonight. Tradition 8. What does that mean? It's about money, baby. Anytime we talk about sex or money, everybody starts twitching, you know. They're they going to tell me what I can and can't do. You know, that's a beautiful thing uh, about Alcoholics Anonymous is we are a paradox in everything we say and do. These steps are merely suggestions, but if you don't take them, you'll die. Right? You must do this, you must do that, but these are just suggestions. And uh, if you've been in here a while, you realize, sure, that, that, that all of those things are true. Same with traditions. But However, traditions are, are written, basically, as guidelines for groups. That's why they were published, and Mark and I were talking about it. Um, before this, they had things they were doing, and they were doing often, and they started to become traditions, but they weren't traditions yet. And I gave the example of if you're newly sober, and you say, uh, I'm going home every Thanksgiving to have it with my, with my parents, with my family, and you do it one year, you can't call that a tradition, right? Well, it's a tradition now, I'm going to do it every year. Well, no, after you've done it every year, for a little while, then you can call it a tradition. And now that we're celebrating our 85th anniversary this year, anniversary of all three things, of, of Ebby coming into the kitchen, of Bill and Bob meeting each other, and, uh, and then uh, I think it still happened in the first year, I could be wrong, uh, that uh, they got the third member of AA, Bill, right? The other Bill, second Bill. Doc's last drink, right. And all of those are, are, should be celebrated, but we look at the whole thing as like 85 years, right? So now we look back and we go, okay, these things worked. We'll call them traditions, and then they published them together. And this one, the eighth, is no mistake why it comes after the seventh, right? We should earn our own money. We shouldn't let people push us around. Now, we in this uh, study are looking to see how the traditions apply to our individual lives, which is what Bill Wilson said, if you can't do it individually, how can you do it as a group? And this particular one, this particular tradition actually mentions individually. And weirdly enough, this particular tradition is almost only about individuals. Now there's some good things to look at it, so let's read it first. I can read it, but why hurt myself, right? All right, there we go. Oh, man. Everything's 3D. That's because everything is 3D. Okay, all right. I hate that. When they go, oh, man, everything looks 3D. Duh. <laughs> Where have you been living on a two-dimensional existence all this time? Alcoholics Anonymous. So many people are just so unself-aware, right? Self-unaware. I mean, just normies. We're forced into it. Thank God. We can look and go, you know, I'm not the greatest and I'm not the worst. That's pretty good. And then we keep narrowing it down. Talking to Megan, 
I decided I might be gay, I might be a lesbian, I might be, I don't know, I just, after talking to Megan, I have lost my entire uh, vision of self. You've destroyed me. I don't know what it is. Because I said I was 40% gay because I like show tunes. We were singing show tunes. I I dress nice, I smell good, I, I like to decorate my apartment, I go antiquing. I just don't sleep with men. And Megan says, well, neither do I. And I go, oh, my God. Maybe I'm 40% gay and 20% lesbian. I don't know. I'm so confused. God. Having an existential crisis right before I talk about Tradition 8. Alcoholics Anonymous should remain non-professional but our service centers may employ special workers. A couple things here that are great. First of all, it teaches just the way it's laid out. It teaches us that this is a rule with an exception. Right? That's a nice thing. Because that's what uh, the ninth step says too. This is what we want you to do with an exception. Right? Except this is good. This teaches me that our whole group, our whole concept... Uh Uh-oh, I feel a rick coming on. This whole concept is about, you know, we we say that, this is why we say it's a suggestion, it's not really a rule. We say you must do this, but here's an exception. There may be an exception for every one of us, right? And that's why I need a guide. I like a guy with as much time as me or more. It doesn't have to be. It might be a guy with less time than me. The older you get in this program, the, the, the slimmer the number of guys you can pick with more time than you, you know? But, but I like having a guide that can look at me and go, you know, that's absolutely right. But for you, there's an exception. When I started here, um, everybody in 1990, they were all getting jazzed with how to introduce themselves. Hi, my name is James, and I am uh, an alcoholic and a panda and an addict. And uh, cross-addicted, bi-thinking, bipolar, overeating, gambling, um, grateful child of God. We go, hi, whatever your name was, I forgot because it was so freaking long ago. So I got into that too, right? And my sponsor, who was this tough little piece of gristle biker, with gristle around a big heart, and he, he, he says... You get an exception. Your exception is, he goes, I I don't want you to say, no, he goes, just, you are an everyday, average, garden variety alcoholic. Okay, that's great. So the next meeting, you go, hi, I'm Doc. I'm an everyday, average, garden variety alcoholic. Just like it says in the book. Right? And my sponsor went, oh, no, no, no. Your exception's bigger. You now are restricted to your name and the word alcoholic. I don't want you saying hi, everybody. I don't want you to say even I'm a. And that's why even today, I still, 30 years later, go, Doc, alcoholic. Out of respect, he was, he was killed by a drunk driver. And it's not too soon to giggle, okay? It's been a while. So, you know, it's been 25 years. It's irony, and irony is sometimes funny, you know? And, uh, and he's, he was awesome, and he remains awesome. Um, but there's an exception to a rule right away that I would not have had on my own. 
how long would I feed that ego as a newcomer, right? Without a guy guiding me to go, no, you need to sit down, brother. You need to shut up right off. I know you. You ain't going to hang around if you start acting up there in front of the mic, you know? So there are lots of exceptions. This one right here is that you, as a member of Alcoholics Anonymous, should remain non-professional. Well, what does that mean? And then later it says, but our service centers may employ special workers. Now, the chapter is almost all about service centers, right? And how they had a big twist about, you know, should we be paying secretaries and stuff? Shouldn't they work for nothing? And they were shunned by groups. You're getting money out of AA. None of that actually uh, concerns me tonight, right? You can read that in the 12 and 12, and you can hear other speakers talk about what's written in the 12 and 12. I'm interested in me personally, right? How do I remain non-professional in AA? What does that mean? Where are my limits? What can I do and what I can't do? Can I go to work at a treatment center as an AA member, and they pay me, and I'm working with other drug addicts, alcoholics, am I breaking the non-professional rule? Can I start my own treatment center as a member of AA? Can I open a halfway house? What can I do? Can I, can I start a business that caters only to alcoholics? Is that, you know, what if I have my own, what if I started years ago when they first started computer matching, where match.com came along? Guy came to me, he goes, I want you to put some money in this, it's going to be huge, we're going to do an alcoholics only dating service, right? Like, 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 like the Jewish one and the Christian one. And, right, imagine. Right, I see, I see people's, their mouths are watering already. It's like, God, that could be its own, its own you know, cable channel. If, you know, AA, man, what a show. What a reality show that would be. You know, <laughs> alcoholics in recovery on dates. Yeah, man. <laughs> on random dates based on a picture. Oh, my God, Not like none of them would lie to each other. I declined. I declined. But is that being professional in AA? You know, what are, we, are we making money out of AA? Well, I've got a lot of notes here, but, but I, can, I can boil it down. Um, the secret meaning is not only do you not charge for 12-step work, but you cannot decline because you're not play, paid. Ooh, that's true. Here's what it says, though, you know, what we've been given is a gift. Simple. It's grace, right? And it says right at the beginning, there are two main things we, we have to look at. Alcoholics Anonymous will never have a professional class. So we'll never have professional AA members, right? I'm a professional chairperson, right? You hire me. I'm a professional AA speaker. You know, um, it doesn't mean you can't be compensated. It just means you're not professional, okay? And we'll get into that. We have gained some understanding, meaning over the years, to make a tradition of the ancient words, which come from the book of Matthew um, and the 10th chapter, quote, freely, and I breathe that in because I'm quoting it, right? Freely ye have received, freely give. We've discovered that at the point of professionalism, so it's important we're going to define what that actually means, at that point, money and spirituality 
Do not mix. Okay, I'm not going to go into desire, motives, our single purpose has been defeated, all the beautiful stuff that's in here. We're going to look at, at, at two things. One, that at the point of professionalism, money and spirituality do not mix. Uh, the big book tends to treat money in the same way it treats sex. Right? It, it tends to say it's really none of our business. And we just, we're going to put it back to what the Oxford group established, which, or, or didn't establish, but built up uh, to the four, right, the four uh, uh, absolutes. Um, I was talking to my daughter and I said something about the ego with a capital E is not the Freudian ego, it's ego, right? The Spanish version, ego with a capital E. And that's, the, that's our inflated ego as alcoholics, right? And uh, I said, you know, we meditate to separate ourselves from that. And she goes, well, you know, I just had my grand sponsor, someone suggest that, I, uh, I, that I'm too absolute, that I say always and never a lot. And, and she goes, I don't think you should be too absolute. Now, that's absolutely true, <laughs> right? But you can never say never. There's absolute, you, can absolutely not be, you can absolutely not be absolute, right? So, there, so we look back at what I just said. Why did I point out the structure of this tradition? Because rules should have exceptions in this in this uh, program, right? Any, any engineers or any construction experts will tell you there has to be room for structures to breathe, to move, to swell, to change, right? There has to be a little dynamics in everything that's engineered, or if it's too rigid, it'll break. And that's the same with our program. It's very dynamic. It's very helpful to be that way. And that's why we look at each other. There are a lot of anti-AA groups that somehow in their past fell into a rigid point and got pinched, and then they come out and they're, they, they're militantly against AA. And I would suggest that many of those people uh, weren't either with the people around them or whatever happened to them, that God put them through that for a reason, but that they were in a position where there wasn't any uh, stretch room, moving room, exceptions, right? So the exception here with money and spirituality is not that money and spirituality never mix, because I think God absolutely blesses me with money. You know, if they're going to quote Jesus as as uh, a great thinker about peace and love, right? They're not talking about anything more than that. They're talking about uh, compassion, peace, and love. So he he picked Matthew chapter ten to base tradition eight on. And just half of it, actually. And, and that wasn't about his divinity or non-divinity or anything like that. It was merely about him as a holy man uh, teaching compassion and love. Teaching basically the four absolutes, right? Which is uh, honesty. We ask ourselves, is it right or is it wrong? Is it true or is it false? Um, unselfishness. What is the other guy going to think? Or how is it going to affect someone else? Love, is it beautiful or is it ugly? And uh, uh, purity, is it right or is it wrong? Right? And that's all that is about. That's all that is about. And you can take those and apply it to a lot of stuff in, in just asking general questions about this program. So we're going to do that with this. We're going to say, okay, professionalism is defined by this chapter as, on page 167, the 12th step couldn't be sold for money. That's it, 12th step. That's what it's talking about here. Only the 12th step, right? Carrying that message to other alcoholics should not be sold. It's a free gift, freely given. Now freely give back, okay? Um, I wish 
I wish I could, I wish it told me what to do or if I have anything to do with um, places that call themselves treatment centers that promise people they will cure drug addiction, alcoholism, and other problems and then apply psychological or pseudo-psychological methods to it and they come out and they're okay for 30, 90, you know, three months, a year, and then they're worse, right? Well, uh, the doctor I quoted last night that was on the board of directors for AA, uh, Harry uh, uh, Tybout, wrote about that and said that when you surrender this giant ego, this ego with a capital E, right, the ego, when you surrender it, that's when you start recovering. Right? Plato said that that surrender is the aporia, right? When you smash into something that's so painful and so violent that it separates you from this, this childishness, this immaturity, this inflated ego thing, that then you're ready to learn. So when we say surrender, that's the point of the beginning of my sobriety, right? Um, I can't, I cannot fix my alcohol as far as we're concerned. I'm not arguing with any other method. It says we don't hold a monopoly on it. But our, our method of treating alcoholism says uh, no psychological method we know of treats this. It says this is a spiritual problem. It's a, it, it's a psychic, right? A malady of the soul, a psychic uh, malady, uh, soul sickness, and only through a power greater than ourselves. So if I want to understand exactly what we are we selling in AA, you know, what are not selling, what are we giving away in AA, right? What is our, our, our main thing? It's, it's those, those A, B, and C and how it works. It's a three, uh, what are they called? Propositions, right? The A, we were alcoholic and couldn't manage our own lives. B, that here's the important part. Probably no human power could, Right? And that God wouldn't, could deliver us from alcoholism, God couldn't would if he were sought, right? So that means my counselor, my psychologist, my group leader, um, the guys at my halfway house, what it is, it is this and that, and you know, whatever it is, those, the, that will not get me sober. That's our message. Our message is A, B, and C. That's it, right? A, B, and C is what we have in our 12 step, which is carry the message. You think you're in charge. Your life is a mess because of it. You cannot fix it. No human power can fix it, but God wants to fix it. That's our message. And then we go into, well, I'm not sure I'm an alcoholic. And that's why every Monday we go through why the chapters are in the order. I know I'm not sure I'm an alcoholic. Okay, doctor's opinion. You know, Bill's story, do you relate to that? Here's more about alcohol. Or, there is a solution, more about alcoholism. Well, I'm not sure about the God thing. Well, we've got to the agnostics, and then, okay, what do you want me to do? Okay, here's how it works. It's, it's set up exactly like that, and that's our message. So we have a clear message. Now, it doesn't say anything anywhere about me going against you know, I, 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 if I make up a name of a fictitious treatment center, God knows it'll somehow be a real treatment center. <laughs> you know, the, and so we're just going to call it the. Uh, yeah, well, I saw Freud's first slip, huh? Anyway, <laughs> only the gay guys laughed. At me. <laughs> 
Um, I, I, it is nowhere written that I can find that it is my responsibility to go stop programs that promise alcoholics they'll get sober and releases them and they go out and use drugs and die. I wish it gave me some instruction, but sadly, it's an outside issue. It only gives us direction about what we do here. It doesn't give us a cause outside of AA to go champion. We cannot defend them, right? We can carry that message. What's that message? Probably no human power will relieve us. Yeah, well, I'm, I'm going to uh, we'll call it just red, <laughs> right? I'm going to that new treatment center called red. Okay, I'm pretty sure there's none stupid enough to name themselves just the Red Treatment Center. I'm going to, it's beautiful, and they've got great food and all of this different kinds of treatment and horseback riding and all this shit, and and I'm going to, I haven't had a drink in 48 days, and I feel great. Good. Um, That's not your alcoholism as far as we're concerned. And it doesn't mean it's not good for you. It's probably really good for you. But we believe no human power. So none of that stuff is is probably going to work for you. Well, I might be an exception. You might. But if you're gambling with your life, you're all in, baby. (laughs) Turn one card. You're all in. And we lose them all the time because of that. Pardon me, Mort. So... Is it a warning? Yeah. Is it an outside issue? Not at that point. It's my 12th step. Do I charge for this information? Never, ever, ever. Okay, so here are some exceptions. What about, uh, we're talking about this. Okay, so uh, I am a, I'm a member of AA and I am hired to, do, uh, to work in a treatment center. Well, it says here near the end, it quotes the same uh, uh, passage in the Bible, the same chapter, half of Matthew 10. It says, a, a, a worker is worthy of his pay. Right? So that means, no, you're not being a professional. You're not selling 12-step work if you work at a rehab. If you're an AA member and you work at a rehab, you're not selling 12-step work. Alright? So, let's use that example. Uh, we'll say that this guy named Rick owns uh, uh, Red, the treatment center. Right? And uh, uh, I'm working for, for Rick, and I get paid to just be a guy th- that works. I don't know what you do at a treatment center. You work. Okay, so I'm just working there. I'm not counseling anybody. I'm just, you know, help whatever I do. And, uh, and I get paid, you know, every week I get a paycheck. And, uh, uh, and then Rick calls me in the middle of the night and says, Doc, you know, I got a guy here that needs to talk to somebody with some years of sobriety. Um, I, he just won't listen to me or anybody here. Can you drive here in the middle of the night and help him? Okay. Now, that's 12-step stuff, right? That's being called for help for 12 to Give just that ABC message. You know, the reason you're in, in peril right now is because your life is unmanageable. With your 48 days sober, horseback riding's not going to help, right? And, and, and so what do I say? Okay, you know, Rick, I've been thinking, you call me to do this about three times a week in the middle of the night, and it takes about four hours, 
And yet, I have not seen any bonuses in my paycheck or anything. And I'm helping Red to be known as a place that gets people sober. So, like, I don't want to help you make money off of AA anymore. Unless you pay me. Well, that's what it says we can't do. Right? And sadly, you know, let's say, let's say I hate Rick. He's a bastard. He's, just, he's a vampire that, that doesn't care about sobriety. He only cares that he's sober and he has his rooms filled at the recovery center, red. Right? Let's say I just think he's a bastard. Okay, so here's what my higher power and probably my sponsor is going to say. Doc, then why are you there? Well, I think I can do some good. Well, then get in your car and go do some good. Yeah, but he asked me three or four times a week. But that doesn't matter. Either if you want a higher pay... Go get someplace with higher pay. But you can't sell this part of it. It's the 12-step part. Now, I refuse Rick. So Rick calls my friend Chris. Chris has no pay connection to Rick anyway. And Rick goes, yeah, thanks for the call. I'll call another guy and the two of us will show up in about 30 minutes. Because that's what we do. That's a 12-step call. Right? So why is it... Why would Chris do it and I don't do it? What is the difference? Nothing's the difference. I have to be able to compartmentalize myself away from what I'm doing for work, whether it's uh, alcohol-related or not. Right? I have to remove that to be only one thing in this step, in this tradition, rather, is 12-step. 12-step work. That's it. All right? It doesn't mean that people that come in to get sober, don't need psychological help. I'm just saying that, because a lot do, okay? So, so where does it talk about that in the book? One, it talks about it in the doctor's opinion. Two, it talks about it here, varieties of spiritual awakenings. We're going to start calling it that, so that people don't go, religious, I'm out of here. You think Herbert Spencer talks about a closed mind. You know, just, just say, relig- I'm going to talk about religious experiences tonight. And you just see people on Zoom go, Bill has left, Jane has left, Bob has left. Right? And this is, one of the, this is one of the strongest pillars we have in AA. It's awesome. Big Book says, yeah, you ought to refer to this. And this has a whole double chapter, right, on, on healthy-mindedness. All right? If you're not healthy-minded, I probably cannot get you to understand the Big Book. I probably can't get in there. If you have whatever damage is done, whether it's alcohol-related or not, if you, there are people with a lot of trauma that need psychological help. There are people with what was very popular at the, at the turn of the 20th century was uh, shame workshops, right? And shame recovery, that I live in a shame-based life. Okay, we, we all do, and I'm so ashamed I never told anybody. That's, that's funny, and then somebody with shame problems going, what an asshole, you know? And, but the truth is, we cannot deal with that kind of stuff in AA. We don't deal with that stuff. God will remove it, but that's God's business, and we can't say what God's business is. Where is God's business in a 12-step? It doesn't say. It says that, you know, A, B, and C. You're messed up. Nothing can help you, but God will help you. That's our message, not... 
It says, and all other problems later. But, but, but that's, not what, that's why we have singleness of purpose. It's not designed to try to catch everything at once. So maybe God wants you or you or you or them to go into a treatment program where there is some psychological work. But our, our business is to say, yeah, that's great. And we hope that helps you. And it helps you be able to look at yourself. There are some people that are so psychologically damaged as alcoholics, they cannot do any self-analysis. They can't look at themselves at all. And maybe they need some help. Just like there are people that are physically so messed up, they need to be in detox. Right? They really do. Not, not just so they can get a box checked off on their in thing to, to Planet Red or whatever we're calling our treatment center, right? But people who really are so sick and so addicted to alcohol physically that they must dry out before we can talk to them. And the book says that's what we do. So that's separate from us. That's a nail. Our thing, our answer is a screw. So they're two different problems. What we just, our only thing is we don't try to treat a nail with a screwdriver. We don't bring them in here and try to treat a nail with a screwdriver. We just do our screwdriver thing. If the nail goes in by itself, that's not our business. But if it's, if it's in the way, maybe it needs to be nailed down. And the other thing is we warn them that this treatment center, this red, because there are a lot of great treatment centers, and there are a few bad ones too. But I'm not here to, to you know, that's just fact. I have no, I have no game in there, no dog in this fight. And, and, but, but we should let them know that this this place with a hammer cannot treat their alcoholism. It can nail down the nail, the psychological problems with psychological answers, but, but you're going to be damaged if you try to drive a screw with a nail, or try to drive a screw with a hammer, right? That we provide one answer for one problem, alcoholism. That's it, right? That's our whole thing, okay? So now I, I, I've got some great minutes here to share with you. And we're going to go to a place, we're going we're gonna to go to the source of step 10, which is the book of Matthew. Now hold on, don't disconnect yet, because i got some fun, fun stuff here. First of all, um, I acknowledge this is a source that some people are familiar with, this is a source where some people are not familiar, and this is a source where some people have some resentment about. And I would suggest it, 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 that it really should be the people with the most resentment should stay, right? And the people with uh, a desire to know more, you, you should stay, but a little less. And the people who've already are familiar with this, you can stay or leave if you want, right? But the, the, mostly I'm talking to those who have resentment, okay? So here's what we're going to do. I'm, I'm going to lay the scene of where this was written. I'm only going to read a few lines, just half of, uh, not even half of a chapter. Oh my God, way less than half a chapter. Like uh, just a couple paragraphs, right? Tiny bit. Um, and again, we're not going to look at the scene as it being a religious scene. We are going to change our minds. We're going to set our mindset. As I used to say to Elvis Presley, Elvis, you got to open your mind for this one, okay? Biggie, biggie, you got to open your mind, king. Come on, big, stretch it open, big. We're going to imagine that this guy, Jesus, 
is uh, like a super sponsor. Okay? And the, everything I'm going to read is about Alcoholics Anonymous only. We're not going to read it for divinity. We're not going to read it for supernatural stuff. We're going to read it pragmatically. Just as if Jesus is going, okay, you guys have sobriety now? And he says, uh, I represent God, and God has given you the power to go save people. The key, right? Page 124, the key to life for other people. That's our dark past has been transformed into our most precious possession. Page 124, right? It, it, it's the key of life to others. So, and then he tells them, this is how I want you to go out and help other alcoholics. And this is what I want you to do. And this is what will happen while you're out doing this. And whether you should get paid or not, that's what this is about. All right? And that's why this is where freely give, freely you've received, now freely give, and it also gets uh, a worker is is worthy of his pay. It's it's in these couple uh, paragraphs. So we got, we got... This cool cat Jesus is all about love and compassion. That's the only thing we're concerned with in reading this. He's got 12 cats, uh, the sponsees that have been sober, and they're going to go out and help others. So he said, and when he called unto him his 12 disciples, he gave them, and this is you guys, this is us, he gave them the power against unclean spirits, let's say booze, you know, alcoholism, to cast them out, right? and to heal all manner of sickness and all manner of disease. Right? So we imagine that he just said, I give you everything you need, here's the big book in the 12 and 12, to go out and save people's lives. Right? To show them how to be treated for this disease. Right? And we're going, yeah, I'm down. Okay? And then it names who they are. Okay? Now the names of the guys are... Um, and then it gets to... Uh, now, these 12, Jesus sent forth, commanded them, saying, and these are Jesus' words, Go not into the way of the Gentiles, and into any city of Samarians, enter ye not. But rather go to the lost sheep of the house of Israel. Okay, don't go after normies, right? Don't try to get normies not to drink. It's foolish. It, it makes no sense to them. That's exactly what he's saying here. Only stick with the people that the message I'm giving you makes sense, right? So I'm giving you this, and he says, so what I want you to do is find the people that are lost in alcoholism, right? That are dying, that are sick and dying, right? Lost, sick, and dying. Where did I hear that tonight? And as you go, preach, saying, the kingdom of heaven is at hand. Okay, a whole change in your life is coming. Right, that your life is about to be changed. You got a you got a drunk guy that goes, I don't know what to do. Right, you go out there, you tell him that, and I want you to heal the sick, cleanse the lepers, raise the dead, cast out devils. Right, which all four apply to alcoholism as a metaphor. Right, if you think what I needed when I got here, I was healed. My sickness was healed, literally, physically, mentally, emotionally. Um, I was cleansed, both just physically, right, from taking a bath, to I was cleansed inside, too, by compassion and love and people looking at me and going, I remember you, you were here yesterday, right? Raise the dead, that's it, that's me, I was dead, I was a walking dead, I was a zombie, 
right? Turn me into a, a, the guy I'm sitting here, right? And, uh, and cast out devils, which is that giant ego, the ego. And the second part of that is freely you have received, freely give, right? You're not to charge anybody. In fact, I don't want you to take, provide neither gold nor silver nor brass in your purses. Don't take any money. Wait a minute. Doesn't that make me professional? If I'm not paying my own way, well, okay, let's read on. Wait a minute, he's sending me out to save alcoholics, and he says, don't take any cash with you. Well, where do I get cash? I don't want you to take nor script for your journey, neither two coats, neither shoes, nor yet staves, for the workman is worthy of his meat. What? How do you combine those? Right? Here's, here's, here's the thing. What if I'm a professional uh, sponsee or sponsor? And that's getting to be a big thing. What if a guy who's a, a, a CEO goes, look, I just don't have time for all that and I can't be chasing it down. I need you on call 24 hours a day, Doc. Okay? And I'll pay you. We said a, a grand a week then. I said I couldn't live on a grand a week. I'll pay you 2500 a week. And taxes on it. Okay, I could do that. I can give you my 24 hours then. Now, am I professionalizing my 12-step work? No. And listen, I thought it was a snake oil thing too. But then as I investigate deeper and ask myself and read the literature, this is what it is. My 12-step work is this. And I have protégés in the room. I have enough time for you sometime every day. It may be a few minutes. It may be half an hour sometimes. Um, but a little bit of time every day. It may be just a text. And I have time to see you at meetings that I'm going to go to. And uh, I, I'm really bad at doing this, but others are great. A weekly meeting of all of us, you know. Um, but I can't be on call 24 hours a day. Okay, but I need you. So I'll pay for that extra time. All right, now I ask, what is the difference between, say, me doing that and me being called by a television producer saying, we're doing a show like Marin. We're doing a show that has a lot of AA stuff in it, and we don't want to just make it up. I want somebody with 30 years' experience that can give us some insight. We could write some great jokes about this and that and what's going on in the background and everything, uh, and we're willing to pay you $2,500 a week to just be on call 24 hours. So if we call you, you can come down to the set, see what we're doing, talk to the writers, and help us. Yeah, I'll do that. Well, is that any different? No, I'm not doing any 12-step work there, am I? And being on call 24 hours only allows me to do exactly what's in this chapter, in Matthew 10, that they wrote the, the tradition about, right? I'm worthy of my pay. If my work is to be on call and to be around you and to help you, that's not me saying A, B, and C, right? That's me putting my time aside. It's a different thing. All right, let's go on. Okay, because we're almost done with this little thing. He's uh, worthy of his meat. Yay. Right? And into whatever city or town he shall enter, enter who in it is worthy, and there abide until ye go thence. Now, he's talking about go find somebody that let you stay there. That was the common thing. But what we're saying in alcoholism, right, is what's worthy is a real alcoholic. We don't waste our time on heavy drinkers, 
right? Because heavy drinkers do not need the full impact of this program, which is a spiritual connection with God. They may want it, but they don't need it if they're only heavy drinkers. And our thing is designed, we don't hold it. The book says we don't keep our stuff secret. We don't withhold it from anybody. Everyone's open to that, to, to our program, to our message. But it's not necessary unless you're a full, quote, real alcoholic. So we look for them. They'll take care of you. God's got you through this whole thing, right? When you come to a house, salute it. And if the house be worthy, let your peace come upon it, right? You come to a place, you meet real alcoholics. If they are real alcoholics, lay out your message, baby, right? For if it not be worthy, let your peace return to you, right? If they're not real alcoholics, don't waste your time. God love them, move on, right? And whosoever shall not receive you nor hear your words, when you depart out of the house or city, shake off the dust from your feet. Right? So we got nothing left. We don't go back and go, oh, hell with them, man. No, they don't need us. They're, they're, they're hard drinkers or they're medium drinkers or they're, you know, or they're, or they're alcoholics who will not listen to us. We just go, okay, move on, man. Move on. Right? And that's what we do. And that's why we're doing it for no, for no pay. All right? And, uh, and whosoever shall not receive you, verily I say unto you, it shall be more tolerable for the land of Sodom and Gomorrah in the day of judgment than for that city. He says, in our language, anyone who's worthy that won't have you, that won't take your message, any real alcoholic that doesn't hear our message, which is God will fix you, so it is a spiritual message, anyone who's a real alcoholic and doesn't accept that message, they're doomed. You know, Sodom and Gomorrah was burnt to nothingness, right? Non-existence. They're doomed. You tried to save him. You can't. Move on. That's what it says. Wow. You mean really? Part of the Bible is that Jesus is actually telling me how to be as a, as, as, as a loving, compassionate member of AA? He's not condemning me? No, that's all hypocritical, hypocritical crap that, that we don't have in this program. Right? If Bill Wilson would have, would have quoted Rumi, right? A Muslim poet from the 12th century. I'd be looking at the poetry of Rumi. I'm just looking at what Bill used because it applies. Has nothing to do with religion. Last thing, behold, I send you forth as sheep in the midst of wolves. It ain't pretty out there. <laughs> they ain't going to love us. They are going to hate us and despise us. He goes on to say that. He goes on to say how you should talk to people, what you should say. All of that's in here. But he says, be ye therefore, since I'm sending you out into the real world, that look at us and go, oh, what a wuss. You don't drink? What a wuss. I tell you, America's easy on it. You go to other countries, they can't get a grasp of that. Brazil, they couldn't understand that at all. France, they go, we understand you don't drink, but this is champagne. Every day, all the time, but you don't drink. That's fine. This is wine. Our kids are having it. So what's for dinner, you know? Jeez, they don't get it. It says, so, so, therefore be, and this is what we should all do every day. Straight, big book, thumping, be wise as serpents 
and harmless as doves. Awesome, right? Be wise as serpents, harmless as doves. If we go back in Matthew, you'll see what uh, blessed means. Blessed, one of the meanings is happiness. Happiness is comfort. It's not joy. Joy is internal. Happiness is external coming in. Joy is internal coming out. Joy is divine. Happiness is comfort. And I love happiness, but that's why it's temporary, right? That's why I better make sure my alarm's still on. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. We got time. Happiness is temporary, right? No matter what we do, it's temporary. And, And being blessed is being happy, is being comfortable. I can be blessed with money. I can be blessed with love, right? I can be blessed with, you know, a new house, a new car, material stuff. I, I, a lot of blessed. So, so here's what, when Jesus is trying to teach these folks, right, how to be compassionate, right, which, is, which is, might be a good thing to look at since, since it was all in this uh, thing. How do we go out? How am I blessed? How am I paid for doing this? Thank you, God. How am I paid for this 12-step? It says, it says, when he's, the Beatitudes, it's called, in uh, chapter 5 in Matthew. So he's sitting with about 2,000 people. And he says, well, you're blessed if you're poor. Well, why is that? Because money and spirituality at the point of professionalism don't mix. Well, what kind of blessed, what kind of happiness? If you're poor in spirit, not in money. Ooh, that's something to concentrate on. Blessed are the poor in spirit, blessed, for theirs is the kingdom of heaven. That's the great life that's coming. That's all he's talking about. Blessed are they that mourn, they shall be comforted. Blessed are the meek, they'll inherit the whole earth. Right? Blessed are the merciful, they'll obtain mercy. This is the stuff we're supposed to be carrying out there, right? As people who do 12-step work for love. Blessed are the pure in heart for they shall see God. What's the pure in heart? Is it right or is it wrong? Purity, right? The four absolutes. Is it right or is it wrong? Do I give this person a ride home even though I don't like them? They've been disruptive at the meeting uh, and they're going the wrong direction. And you ask yourself, well, is leaving them behind right or wrong? Is taking them home right or wrong? Pretty easy. You know, blessed are the peacemakers, those who don't agitate, right? And I'm talking about meetings and I'm talking about our own lives, not civic unrest. Blessed are the peacemakers, for they should be called the children of God. You know, and it, and it, and it goes on and on. Re- rejoice and be exceedingly glad, right? For, for your great, for great is your reward in heaven. And it's not talking, he's not talking about a place, right? And so many Christians, I believe, get that messed up. That like, oh yeah, once you die, there'll be a bunch of great riches. No, he's, he's, he's talking about this new life separated from this process that we call the inflated ego, which is the enemy of alcoholics, which is what kills us. And we call it pride and ego in, in, in AA. It's that voice that says, you are king for a day, man. Go drink. You know, you can start over tomorrow. It's the, it's the voice that goes, yeah, you've been good long enough. You're in control now, 
right? Heaven, in, in what he's speaking here, is if you live here and nothing ensures, right? What does it say? Immunity of drinking more than working. What does it say? Strenuous work, right? Beautiful. It's in the big book. That's I'm looking in the wrong place. Um, so if, if I'm an alcoholic and I decide I'm going to open a treatment center and I'm going to charge people for me to tell them A, B, and C, I may have a problem staying sober because uh, I will not be blessed and I probably won't be happy. If I open a treatment center that says we're treating all of these different maladies so that you can get better and go do A, B, and C where they offer A, B, and C, there's probably not a problem. So as much as I'd like to champion a cause and run out there and state this is what we believe, our traditions keep me from doing that. Which in turn keeps me from feeding this big ego, thinking I know better than everybody out there anyway, and then puts me back in focus that my real purpose is to what, Chris? Be fitted. Fit myself, right? Fit myself. Not He says I occasionally say that wrong, be fitted, and, and that's true. That's, that's incorrect. It says to be best be fitted, right? Or fit myself, I'm sorry. Best fit myself. Fit ourselves to be of maximum service to God and others, right? So I have to take action. I have to do something. And my action is not jousting at windmills. My action is to spread the message A, B, and C. Uh, and, and as I do that, I hope the, the real message behind this is um, doing that and helping others and living as that, y- you will be happier be- than you can ever measure, more comfortable than you can ever measure. And if you need the money, I, I guarantee you, in 30 years of sobriety, I guarantee you, it comes if you need it. If you don't need it, but you want it, God's opening up a place for you to grow into a higher level. Only through suffering do we do that. But it's awesome if you just shut up and trust the process. And, and I can tell you after 30 years that the process is awesome. And the payoff is tremendous. And we'll talk about Tradition 9 next week. Until then, I beg to remain your humble servant, Doc Alcoholic. <laughs> All right, uh, let's thank the speaker again. Um, And we're going to have Joey come up to do the secretary's report. Hello, my name is Joey, recovered alcoholic. Hey, Joseph. And I'm your recovered alcoholic secretary. Uh, Excuse me. In keeping with Seven's tradition, which states every group shall be fully self-supporting, declining outside contributions, the baskets aren't going around, that's not a thing, but that's okay. Why? Because you can contribute to your local intergroup and help support. Um, hey, hey, buy a book, give it to a friend, give it to a newcomer. Um, that, that's how you can do that. That's good. Um, as a member to read the recovered statement. Oh, excuse me. Ask my member. That's what I'm supposed to do. Um, <laughs> ben, would you like to come read the recovered statement, please? Thank you. My name is Ben. I'm a recovered alcoholic. 
Recovered. We are not cured of alcoholism. Recovered but not cured? That, pres that presents a conflict to some alcoholics. If we were cured, we'd be able to drink responsibly. No, we are not cured. The allergic reaction to alcohol re will remain with us for a lifetime. But we have been restored to sanity. That was the problem. The main problem the alcoholic centers in his mind rather than in the body. We are now sane where alcohol is concerned. Consequently, we have recovered. Thank you. 1940s style big book sponsorship from forward to the second edition, Alcoholics Anonymous. Of alcoholics who came to AA and really tried, 50% got sober at once and remained that way. 25% sobered up after some relapses, and among the remainder, those, on who, excuse me, those who stayed on with AA showed improvement. What we've seen, felt, come to believe, and experience is that God has not changed over time, and neither should the sacred approach to his loving arms. The statistics above suggest a 75-plus percent success rate. Ask for... Sorry. All right, so uh, can we please uh, see um, hands of recovered alcoholics? In the group chat. In the, in the group chat, excuse me. Pop them up, pop those hands up, recovered alcoholics. Thank you. And then um, anyone that needs a sponsor, just look for anyone in the group chat. Hands up, um, connect to them, give them a good chat. Say or say in the chat, uh, you need a sponsor. Hopefully, that you guys can link up and he, they can help bring you to God. Um, all right. So uh, please, sorry, please join us uh, Monday nights. It's in here. Um, the Zoom starts at six forty-five. Um, fellowship. We're doing the uh, books, uh, the, going through the big book. Um, Doc and Mike Chase and Bill, good old Bill, uh, <laughs> will be there. And yes, we look forward to seeing you. It's a great time. We do have CDs, mugs, large print, big books, which we'll sanitize and send over. Um, and yeah, we meet every Thursday. Thank you again for Doc. He's, he was great. Um, we start probably at 7.15. Uh, Fellowship is at 6.45 on Zoom. And, yeah, be ready for the sound of the bells. Thank you. Oh, thank you, Joey. I think that was the best secretary's report I've ever heard. <laughs> all right. Uh, we have tonight's session on all the past speaker podcasts online for free at alcoholicsandgod.org. And I'd like to invite everyone to our Monday night big book study. Uh, and those to whom wish to thank tonight's speaker, uh, you can feel free to leave a message in the comments. Um, so we're going to go ahead and close with the Lord's Prayer. Our Father, our Father, who art in heaven, hallowed be thy name. Thy kingdom come, thy will be done, on earth as it is in heaven. Give us this day our daily bread. And forgive us our trespasses, as we forgive those who trespass against us. And give us not into temptation, but deliver us from evil. For that is the kingdom, the power, and the glory, forever and ever. Amen. Right, thank you. See you all Monday. Also from Yeah.
Chase, here's that song you've been asking me for for a million years. I finally pulled it out the pulled it out the corners of my mind, and um, here you go. Green now, 
growing vines. They twist and turn each way. Flowers blooming all the time. And that's at my door. Like never before. I had to change everything to realize that today is the best day of my life. This broken man I traveled far and wide Through the great divide Through his own heart, yeah Well, I have a life today When it give away and it's just about to start So I face each day brand new way, show up and plug in my guitar, and I play my songs, and people sing along, and stomp their feet and raise their arms, and here in this moment that we share, nothing could come song is god bless i love you mike chase bye i think you know this one don't you
Just won't save me. 